Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are on a Tuesday, hour number two. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Bills Live is the program, and happy to have on with us now NFL on CBS color analyst, former NFL defensive back Adam Archuleta, who just did the game last week, Bills Bears on CBS. Adam, thanks for the time. Hope you had a good Christmas. But we're right back at it, man. Week 17 coming at us here, and it's a gigundo <laughs> one with Bills Bengals. Uh, yes, thanks. I uh, hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. And uh, I was fortunate. I was able, pretty nervous. I caught my flight home from Chicago. I got on the plane two minutes before they, they shut the doors. Otherwise, it, it might have been trouble. So thankfully, I was right. home uh, nice and safe and early on Christmas Eve. I know a lot of Buffalo folks uh, didn't have the same Christmas as I did. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah, we knew it was going to be an issue. Uh, and, you know, it, and it turned out to be and it still is for a lot of people. Buffalo Airport yeah. still not open. So we're wow. going to ask you, too. Well, what do you think about the Bears bills is what you expected, what the bills were able to do on the ground, which was a little unexpected, a little out of character, I think. Well, Steve, as you know, it's it's hard to know what to expect going into a game with with those conditions, because both teams. I mean, just the cold and the wind, and you don't really get a proper perspective, even when you're in the booth, exactly, you know, how tough it is with the passing game and how to operate. So you kind of knew that it would be an atypical game, um, but you certainly feel like the Bills, if anybody, are, are up to the challenge because of how they play and how you guys are used to being in those kind of elements. And so I was just kind of curious to see what exactly it would be like. And what I came away with was, yes, it was tough in the passing game. But if you want to be a great team, if you want to be a Super Bowl team, you've got to find different ways to win. And I think that's what we saw from the Bills in that game. What did you make of Buffalo's defensive performance? Because the first drive, the Bears go right down the field. Now, we have seen that from the Bills defense before, but Coach Frazier and his defensive staff, They'll give up an early touchdown drive at the start of a game, but then they make these adjustments and it just gets put on lockdown. Um, what'd you think of their 
performance, particularly after that first drive went down for a TD for Chicago? Well, look, sometimes the running game, you can, one guy is out of their gap and, you know, they hit you. Sometimes that can happen, you know, and that, and that's what happened on the big, really it was the one big David Montgomery run. Mm -hmm. And certainly again, being in the cold, it can be a little shocking at first (laughs) to kind of, to get warmed up and and start to fly around and start to make plays. Uh, What I was impressed with is, you know, Justin Fields, look, he's still, he's still a one dimensional quarterback, but in that one dimension, he's as good as it gets. And every single game, he makes eye popping plays. He makes highlight plays uh, against really good defenses. And so I just thought that, you know, they smothered him. and, And as the game went on, you really started to see the difference in personnel and you saw, you know, the Bills rock solid at all three levels. Uh, Bears were overmatched, and that's what you should do in a game like that. If you uh, if you have designs and you feel like you're one of the best teams and you are going to go on a Super Bowl run like the Bills are, then, you know, as that game goes on, you should smother that football team, and that's what they did. You get into these games, and and you're right. I We've been talking about it this week. that The Bills have found, you know, found a way to win in Chicago. I thought their plan and their adjustments during the game, they, they started handing the football off, speaks to the fact that they can do a lot of things that beat other teams. And I made the statement, I thought the Bills were good enough all over their roster to pick any way they want or need to beat another team. Their strengths and weaknesses match up with anybody's. And whatever your weakness on your team is, whether it's your pass rush or your secondary or your run game or your passing game or this guy or that guy, they can beat you. They can exploit that weakness of you better than any team in the league because they're so deep and across the board. Is that, is this Chicago game an illustration of that or is that over oversimplifying it? Well, let's face it. The bears are not a good football team. So is, is that a true measure? It's maybe it's hard to say that. Uh, But I will say to your point, Steve, that personnel wise, I do believe the bills have that capability on both sides of the ball. But but also what they have, and this is what all good teams should have, is I just think they're really solidly coached fundamentally all the way around. And so you really see it on the defensive side. I think Ken Dorsey is really starting to come into his own on the offensive side. But but these guys are well coached. And, and I admire the way Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, the way they coach the defense. They're not – you know, how do we say – they're not schemers. You're not going to have some exotic game plan week in and week out. But they do enough – and they never stray away from their fundamentals and the core of what they are. And so they have a really good feel of, of how to adjust the different offenses, how to make those adjustments in game. And, and really that's what you come away impressed with. They, they have good personnel, but I really am impressed with, with the way they are coached. They're fundamentally sound. And I just think they've, you know, since Sean McDermott has been there, I just, I, I love the way he's coached. I love the way they put this football team together. And I do think, especially with Josh Allen having the ability to do what he does when they need him to do it, that, uh, look, they've got to be one of the favorites to go all the way. Adam, it's been kind of a slow burn with James Cook here in his rookie season. He's had a season that's had a few hiccups here and there, but it really feels like he's turned a corner on the field in some, not all aspects of his game, because he hasn't really been factored heavily in the passing game just yet, even though we know he's capable of it in his skill set. But what we're seeing, at least from for those of us that have seen him every single week, it looks like he's seeing it faster on the field and playing faster as a result. I'm just curious because 
you probably haven't seen him up close and personal every week like we have, what your initial impressions are of him. Well, first, before I really speak to to him, it's just your running game in general. Uh, what I noticed is that, look, let's face it, you guys are, are, are going through Josh Allen's right arm, okay? So it doesn't have to take center stage. Uh, when I watched the Miami game, and I made this point during the game, it, it wasn't strong. They didn't really do much. But when they had to have it in the fourth quarter, both Cook and Singletary, well, they made some tough runs. And so they're really, it's a good situational running game. And so they don't have to. I mean, they did last week. They ran for over 200, but they don't have to really carry the load. And so that's what really impressed me. When I saw Cook last week, I, I just loved how decisive he was. I loved how there wasn't a lot of hesitation. He saw it. He hit it. And then you saw once you know he got to that next level, you saw the speed and what, what the guy is capable of doing. But I, I just see this as a really good complementary piece. And you just add the fact that you know when they start doing the quarterback runs, with Josh Allen, um, I, I just came away impressed. Again, the the numbers aren't big, but I just loved how both Singletary and Cook, um, when they need them to make a run, even if it's just a, you know, a three-yard run to pick up a first down, um, they just came up huge and they came up clutch. And I do think that, you know, put all those pieces together, it just makes the Bills a stronger football team. How much credence do you give the – the arm injury that Josh suffered in week, I don't know, nine or whatever it was. Um, and it did seem, I mean, we saw him, uh, they were making the comments about how much you're, how little he threw in practice for a couple of weeks. Now he's said he's had days where he really, he actually feels great uh, during the week, um, which tends to think, make you think, when was he not feeling great? Right. And he went through, <laughs> a, he went through a stretch where he was throwing red zone interceptions, like, you know, like it was his job. So, you know, what do you think about where he is health-wise and the extent of what that might have done to this offense during the lull and when they were turning the football over? Well, Steve, it's, it's, it's really hard to say because I'm not, I'm not in his body, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know exactly what he's going through. You can only go by the performance on the field. I, I think that, you know, as far as the red zone interceptions go, when you study quarterbacks and you study the, the, the guys and the offenses that, that really are humming, it's the quarterbacks that are fearless in the red zone. You know, uh, one thing is that, A, they can extend plays, but B, they're fearless in the anticipation and the confidence to make throws that a lot of guys won't. And so for Josh, there's a balance there, right? He does things and he makes throws that uh, most quarterbacks can't. So he has, they have the ability to be an excellent red zone team, but at times he's not going to make a good decision. I think we've seen it that at times, you know, he still goes into that, that freestyle backyard football mode. But uh, you look at his touchdown to interception ratio, shoot, I'd rather, what is it, 37 to 15 or something like that? I'd rather have that than 15 touchdowns and five interceptions. So right. um, as far as his, his elbow goes, I have no idea, but I, I remember the throw against Detroit. I think, what was that, the week after he hurt his elbow? Um, I mean, if his elbow is hurt and he's making throws like that, then uh, the guy cer certainly is bionic and he is Superman. So, um, again, I don't know, but I, I, he still, to me, is plenty healthy to play at a championship caliber. Talking with CBS color analyst, former NFL defensive back Adam Archuleta. And let's spin it forward now, Adam, to what is turning into a monumental Monday night matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals. Bills have won six in a row. Bengals have won seven in a row. Um, and it's 
two of the better quarterbacks in the conference in Allen and Burrow. Steve and I were having this discussion yesterday, and I'm just curious for your thoughts. I think Josh still sometimes falls victim to wanting to get it all in one play, maybe pushing it down the field when there are underneath options to kind of just stay on schedule. And I think Burrow is more willing to take the layups than maybe Josh is, who might be perceived as a little bit more of a gunslinger. Um, do you see that in, in Burrow's game? And believe me, I, I know better than anybody. He's got a heck of a top three to work with, you know, with Chase and yeah. Higgins and Boyd. But I, I'm just curious for your take on that in terms of the ways in which they kind of make those decisions working the offense down the field. Yeah, it depends how much time you guys have, because I could I can go into a 45 minute <laughs> dissertation on the on the Bengals offense. Um, I've had them a few times this year and I'm, I'm really impressed with Burrow. So I'll start with, um, in my opinion, what makes them as deadly as anybody is their ability to to attack single high coverage. It, it reminds me of when I used to prepare against Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, the, the, the chemistry and connection between uh, Burrow and Chase. It is, it's, it's on a different level with the way they work the fade route and the back shoulder route. Um, you really couldn't play Peyton Manning in a single high defense because of it. You couldn't do it. You had to go too high and you can only play about four different defenses. It's that good. I, I believe that Burrow and, and Chase have that type of a chemistry. And then with T Higgins on the other side, it's almost like Reggie Wayne. And so now you get an offense that, that has to, you can't run single high. You can't blitz because Burrow gets the ball out and can identify defenses. And so you're in a too high defense. And then you have Joe Mixon, who now can operate against two high looks. And it almost reminds me exactly of the indie offense back in the day. Um, so the second part to your, your question is that I, I believe that the early struggles of the Cincinnati offense because of what they did last year, getting so many home runs against single high, Burrow, they were seeing a lot of two high defenses, and Burrow was hanging on Chase a little bit longer than he should, and that's some of those sacks came because of that. And so their adaptation really has been him taking the easy stuff underneath and just saying, look, you're going to go too high, we're going to nickel and dime you, and I'm going to get the ball out, and I'm going to frustrate you and really getting confident in that. They've gotten so much better at attacking. Now, they're explosives down the field. They're one of the more explosive offenses, but they t- as far as like taking shots, they're one of the least as far as you know taking shots 20 yards downfield. So they have really mastered the art of getting the big play by the underneath and the intermediate passing game. And to me, boy, that is what is so hard to stop. You go single high, it's going to Chaser Higgins and good luck stopping it. And then now you go too high. And then his command of where to go with the football is as good as there is, in my opinion, in the National Football League. So are they still getting explosives on yards after catch? Is that what you're intimating there? Absolutely. They're, if you look at them and this, I had them. Uh, it was uh, two weeks ago and I was studying their offense and they were Top three, I think, in explosives, and they were bottom three as far as shots down the field. Okay, um, which is pretty remarkable. Last year it was almost the opposite. They 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 had a lot of explosive one on one balls to Demar Chase, and so um, they're getting it from their backs between Mixon and P Ryan out of the backfield in the screen game. Um, again, it all starts with single high defense. To me, it's just they are they're the best in football at attacking. 
And it starts with Burrow's chemistry with Jamar Chase and then T. Higgins' ability to win, you know, those physical balls on the other side. Um, they are Burrow's playing at a high, he's playing a quarterback position as as high level as as you can play. What about the other side of the football? We know that it's not it's a pretty complete team over there and their defense to me when I watch it they seem aggressive fast athletic um they play with a lot of confidence yeah you know um when I look at their defense first I give a lot of credit to Lou Anarumo he had a couple tough years when he first got there and they struggled now their personnel wasn't good but you know he was still a new coordinator um, when I look at what he's done with that defense over the last four or five years, um, he's an impressive coordinator to me. And he puts those guys in a really good position. Up front, uh, they have two really good ends. Now, I know Hendrickson is hurt, uh, but, but the combination of Hendrickson and Hubbard, uh, both setting edges in the run game and, and pressuring the quarterback, are really good. DJ Reader is an absolute beast inside. He is I mean, he makes so many one-on-one plays just that he really takes the run defense at a different level. Their backers are playing exceptional, both uh, um, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. And and their secondary has has always been solid. Even without their best cover guy, uh, Chido Bayawuzie, their secondary, you know, Lou Anarumo is a secondary guy, um, really plays aggressive. You know, I, I, I had them the week after they played the Chiefs. And when I was studying them on tape, what, what I was impressed with is that they had no fear. Uh, they weren't scared of Mahomes. They weren't scared of the receivers. They challenged them, man. They didn't do any fancy defenses. They just said, hey, we're going to get after it. We're going to challenge you. We have confidence in our players. They, I think they zero blitzed them six or seven times. Now, Mahomes hit them a couple. But I just, to me, it's a defense that believes in themselves. And they're, they're not afraid of anybody. And so, uh, again, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make them the, the, you know, the 85 bears or the, the 86 giants, but that's what shows up to me on tape that I just feel like that football team on both sides of the ball has a real belief system that um, they can match up with anyone. So what do you think would behoove the bills offensively to try to hit them on a few or Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Alone, be productive from start to finish to try to score more points than Burrow's going to put up. Well, <laughs> I think the Bills should be the Bills. Uh, yeah. It was funny because before the Chicago game, because I knew the cold was going to be a factor, and in talking to a lot of the Bills, uh, I went back and, and they said that the uh, the previous the, the Patriots game from last year's playoff was was the coldest game that they had played in. And so I actually, the night before the game, I, I turned on that game and I watched it. <laughs> As you guys remember, I mean, the Bills were unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, it right. was like, I was like, wait a minute. Like, they're all saying that was the coldest. Like, there was nothing cold about that game because they jumped out and, you know, Josh was just slinging it. I mean, it was, they had 300 yards and 28 points in the first half. So I think the Bills should just be the Bills. There, I, there's no reason to to try and be anything that you're not. They They have a quarterback that, um is of the caliber that can win any game um they have the offensive personnel and so um i believe that most likely as you get into the playoffs with the caliber of quarterbacks with josh and patrick and burrow and then you know he doesn't have the big game experience but i put herbert maybe in the same category probably going to end up the quarterback that has the ball last and which which defensive guy up front can make the stop the closer you know i i I don't see i see all of these quarterbacks playing at a high level and that's probably how it's going to end up almost like it was in uh in the super bowl with uh, aaron donald sacking joe burr on the last drive i really that's how that's how good i feel about all these quarterbacks and these offenses so you know up front i believe these games you know, I don't know about, you know, Monday night, I'm kind of looking forward to the playoffs, but it's probably going to be won by the front four that has the best postseason. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, and, and that, that's out, outside of this Cincinnati game. I don't know what, I haven't looked at the weather, what it's going to be like in Cincinnati, but you'd love to have it a clear, calm night. So these two oh, offenses yeah. can work, right? Um, it does seem like this may be one of those games that really, makes a statement about what's going to happen in the next month and a half of the NFL football season in the playoffs and all of that. These two teams going at it. Uh, how important do you think for all of these teams, because bills have gone into Kansas city and beaten them twice in the regular season. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow was three and zero against Pat Mahomes. Mahomes doesn't fear anybody, particularly if they're playing in <laughs> Kansas city. Uh, you know, the bills are the number one seed right now, but they got to win all these games because no, you know, the Broncos and the Raiders are not beating the Kansas city chiefs to finish the season. So the bills got to win out to get home field. Talk about home field, what it's going to mean for all three of those teams, the bills, the Bengals and the chiefs. Well, I think home field matters because there's nothing, especially on defense, like playing in front of your, your home fans and the stadium is rocking. Right. And so, as I mentioned, 
what I think it's probably going to come down to the front four that makes the play. Well, who's going to be cheering them on on those final drives, right? I'm sure you want your home crowd. I mean, that's there's no better feeling in football as a defensive player than when the game's on the line and then all of your 60, 70,000 fans are just screaming. I mean, it's it's to me, it's one of the best feelings in sports. So I do think home field matters um, for those reasons. Uh, I do believe, though, that with all of these quarterbacks and really they're just they're all solid football teams. So obviously the quarterbacks are, are at the next level, but they're all really well coached, solid football teams with good personnel on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So they they certainly have the capability of winning the game on the road. So it's not a for sure, hey, home field and we're going to go all the way to the Super Bowl. But I do think there's nothing better than, hey. We don't have to get on an airplane. You know, we can just sit at home. We can just dial in and we've got our fans. Uh, to me, that is that is a special feeling. So I, I do think that it is important. Yeah, I think all of us are just itching to finally see Patrick Mahomes play a playoff game that's not in Arrowhead just once. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like to see that just one time because it hasn't happened yet in the postseason. It's crazy. Adam, listen, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll catch up with you down the line. But if we don't talk to you, have a happy new year. Uh, always guys have a happy new year and uh thanks for having me i i appreciate it love tasker i don't get to i don't get to see or talk to you very much man you, you ignore me so <laughs> oh yeah right yeah i know yeah i know my phone's been blowing up with you calling me i know I, yeah. <laughs> it's great seeing you adam hey i enjoyed your commentary you and greg did a nice job for the bears game um it's good to see you again and uh congratulations on uh on all of that it's a good season man and merry christmas awesome guys thanks all right, that's Adam Archuleta, NFL on CBS Color Analyst, former NFL DB. We will take a break, but be back with more, including your thoughts on the tweet sheet here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Bills Mafia, the first edition of the Buffalo Bills comic cover series is now on sale. Products include posters, sweaters, and shirts. You can purchase these items exclusively at any Buffalo, Rochester, or Syracuse area Wegmans. Wegmans, the official tailgating headquarters of the Buffalo Bills. We wanted to get back to the tweet sheet where we were asking you today, how do you want the Bills offense to look when entering the postseason? Two weeks from now, what do you want it to look like in your ideal Bills world? Tim on the tweet sheet says, I like the commitment to the run. Keep that up. I want Josh to take what the D gives him. Seems like he's still trying for the big play. I think we read that one already. That's my bad. Mike says to be able to attack whatever the opposing team's defense is, whether it's run up the middle, outside, short passes over the middle, outside the hashes, don't need to be balanced. Just execute what works when needed. Well, that's kind of what every offensive play caller is trying to do, right, Steve? But you got to adjust this kind of the game unfolds so yeah in an ideal world that's great but (laughs) yeah it's going to change as the game moves along yeah that's a little generalized uh but yes and the bills have been doing that i mean they have they have they did it saturday yeah let's let's not forget they're on just a little bit of a winning streak here you know so um that's nice yeah from twitter user x run based with play action no turnovers. The Bills defense will keep most teams at 20 or under. The Bills have kept their opponents to 20 or under 10 times this year, including the Chiefs. This is a winning formula. I, I, I will say 
play action is down this year compared to what it was under Brian Dayball the last two years. Um, I don't know if we need play action or not. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if, if the other team's susceptible to it, like certainly if you played the bears again, they'd be susceptible to it because you crushed them with the run this last time. Right. I don't, uh, I think one of the things about it with a guy like Josh Allen play action isn't as effective because they don't straight hand off that much. Um, Right, because he's not under center a lot to begin with. When you say run based with play action, I I, no, this is the throw. They throw it. Their offense is to throw the football. Yeah, they don't need to change anything, and I think that would be a change. Certainly, they can sprinkle in play action, but they're not going to do. They're not going to do ten reps of play action pass in a game. Right, and the reason I said it was down compared to what it was under Dable is because I wasn't trying to say they should do more of it. I was just stating a fact. It is down the number yeah. of times they've used play action from what it was under and Dable. It's, Not that Dable used it a ton either. I, I don't think – I think this offense is a shotgun offense with Josh back there mm-hmm. and daring you to play man coverage against Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis and McKenzie or Shakir or Beasley, whoever's in the slot, and Dawson Knox. Uh, if you want to play man, you better win in the back end and have a spy on the quarterback. Because if your defensive line runs a stunt up front and leaves a gap, he's going to gash you. They got problems with a run game with, because of the quarterback uh, threatening you with the pass, and he'll run it. So, yeah, th- this is a throwing offense. You don't need to oh, have yeah. a run-based offense. And, and you know, last week in Chicago, they were playing a team that's won three games all year and stinks at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and it showed. And had lost seven in a row. <laughs> And and it showed, and yeah. the bills the bills did a little bit of a flex on them, um, and that's probably going to skew some analytics for some teams that are looking at the bills trying to figure out analytically what they're doing. You throw you might want to throw that game out because they only threw it twenty six times, right? And there were a couple other games where they actually ran more than they threw it, uh, right? But yes, and some of those were games where you know. The Browns game was one. The Browns game, the Packer game, the any of these teams where they were squeezing the life out of them. The Patriots, first Patriots game. Patriots game. You know, so they did that a couple of times, but those were late in the game rushes. Yeah, salt the game away situations. Which is great. And that's kind of what the Bills did here. Bears weren't moving the football offensively. They didn't, you know, what did the the Bills weren't doing anything? Right. So the Bills weren't really worried about getting nicked for a big play. Yeah. Andrew on the tweet sheet says, would love a bigger role for Cole Beasley, but love the increased utilization of Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary, and James Cook. Stephon Diggs got us here, and the reduced workload will have him fresh come playoff time. Much needed versatility with this offense. Now, let's talk about that for a second, Steve, because I remember the game last year was right at the end of the season. They got Diggs his 100 receptions and kicked in a bonus for him or something, and Josh was literally force-feeding him the ball. And it was a game that they didn't necessarily need. I don't think a win was going to improve their playoff seating, if I remember right, in Week 18. Right. And so I asked Josh after the game, I said, you know, you're you're forcing the ball to Diggs and blah, 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 and that's all well and good. Um, Was there a reason that didn't happen sooner? 
And he kind of shed some light on the fact that they had been pacing him and Beasley through the course of the season. Because if you remember the year prior in 2020, those two guys entered the postseason not 100%. Diggs was yeah. dealing with an oblique injury. Beasley had a cracked bone in his leg. It impacted the effectiveness of their passing game in the postseason, even though they did make it to the AFC title game. Is that at work again here, do you think? Or based on what Josh said after the game on Saturday, maybe it's just the way the game unfolded. He didn't intend to not get the ball to Stephon Diggs. It just kind of happened. There may be some of that in there. Um, I think you'll see remnants of it or evidence of it during the week in practice as well when these guys are getting more than one rest day. And, you know, they got a little extra time off this holiday as well. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think that's on their mind. And if they did it last year and it worked, and let's face it, this team was humming last year when they hit the playoffs and oh, yeah. got into it. They were singing. So I'm sure Sean McDermott, is looking back at his notes and remembering it and saying, you know what, yeah. we got to, we got to repeat that because they hit this the postseason last year. I remember thinking this, they were, they were hundred percent healthy at the playoff as the playoffs kicked off after 18 weeks, they were hundred yeah, percent healthy and rested and just humming. Yeah. So I think, yeah, there might be a little bit of that, posturing and getting your pitching staff lined up for a late, you know, for the, for the series yep, yep. coming up. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And I, and I'll say this too, because people might've forgotten this, but over the last four weeks of the season last year, the bills had the second most rushing yards in the league over the final month of the season. And after this week's game, when they ran for two fifty-four, albeit against much different circumstances, you got a beleaguered bears defense. That's half the guys probably don't even belong in the league lining up for him right. uh, because of all the injuries they've had and they run for 254. And so I asked Singletary, I said, look, last year down the stretch, your running back, your running game really kicked it into gear. You were the second leading team in rushing over the final month of the season. Do you feel like you're getting back to that now? I was, I just wanted his take on it and he wasn't ready to commit to that. He wasn't ready to commit to that. And I think it's partially because I think they knew they were running against an inferior opponent this past right. week. But if you can do a little, not as much, but if you can do a little running like that against the Bengals, well, that's not yeah. nothing. No, it's not. And it, it might have been a little serendipitous about facing the Bears at, at the exact time you wanted to kind of chill yeah. and run the football. And, and you know, it might have been a, a happy coincidence where you get a team that can't stop the run and, and you want to flex that way and do it. Um, maybe some of that. I think we're going to see a much different football game. Monday. Oh, yeah. Well, the Bengals, not for nothing, they're a top 10 run defense, as are the Bills. I mean, the yeah. Bills are fourth in run D, and the Bengals are seventh. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough it's night. Be, it's going to be flying in the air, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a tough night. Yeah. Uh, from Jay Whistler, healthy O-line is the most important. Like to see Josh's elbow stop impacting his throws and decision-making. Do you think that's still happening? I don't think it is. I don't know. I, that, I mean, we, there's we'll no way know. for us to know, but we'll never know. He says he feels good. I guess what else would he say? I feel lousy and I can't throw. He's not going to say that. But right. As Adam Archuleta, our guest last segment, just said two weeks after the injury, he rips that ball to Diggs at the end of the game against the Lions. Right. And, and salts it away. Um, yeah. It puts him in field goal range right yeah, away. They win the game. They win the game because of it. Yeah. And and, and he I'll, made a and, third and, and the third and third and 17 against. 
the Jets as or the Dolphins as well. You get twenty one, and he rips it right over the middle too to to Gabe Davis. That's Think a about huge throw. Right after he just hurt his elbow, and granted, maybe adrenaline's going here, but the two plays after he hurt the elbow, he throws a sixty yard bomb to Gabe yes. Davis, puts it on his chest, right. and he can't pull it in. That's two plays after the injury happened. Yeah. So it makes you wonder. Right. <laughs> he's okay. I mean, he may not feel 100%, but his, you know, whatever it is he feels, it's yeah. good. It's pretty great. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it's impacting his decision making. I think it's his competitive nature that impacts his decision making more than anything <laughs> yeah. else. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I think you're right. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you say yes. all the time. You got to peel them off the ceiling sometimes. Absolutely. He is so jacked. To go win a football game. If you don't, in this game in Cincinnati this weekend, if I'm Ken Dorsey, you may just call a quarterback power sweep, play one first and 10 on your 25 after the opening kickoff. Yeah, take the hit. Yeah. Get him, get him roughed up and then get him back in the huddle. Then he settles down. down. Then he settles down. Unless he snaps one off for 35 and snaps a hammy, then you're in trouble. Oh my God. Bite your tongue. Um, Kevin on the tweet sheet says, I want to see 2021 playoff Gabe Davis. I want to see a balanced offense and no abandoning of the running game if it's working. So he's he's reacting to what we saw last week because a lot of the social media chatter from last week's game, Steve, especially after they watched three turnovers happen in the passing game, two on interceptions, one on a fumble after a catch. They're like, why are we not running it more? We're killing him in the run game. We got to be running it more. Don't abandon the run game. and." I get it, but in the end, that's not what this Bills offense is. They're a passing offense. So, yeah, I mean, if the run game's working and you're ahead on the scoreboard, sure, run more. I can I can understand the argument, but there's also an identity to this offense, and I don't think they're ever going to stray too terribly yeah. far from it. Adam said it in the last segment. Just be, be – just play the Buffalo Bills offense. Yeah, be let who them, you let are. Let them play. Be who you are. Let, them, let the Buffalo Bills – be the Buffalo Bills. And I get it too. There's a lot of angst in Bills and the Bills Mafia about this. It's a huge game and you're playing a really good football team. Right. Um, just let remind let me remind you that the Bengals are playing a really good football team too. Really good. Yeah. Really good. From Thiel, trust the run game. Allen is good, but do we always need to use him? No. We easily could have killed Chicago off if we ran the ball but we stopped doing it. So I want Dorsey to trust Cook and Singletary to carry the rock well instead of forcing Allen to be the MVP on every play. Okay. Yeah, so- a lot of these, a lot of these, <laughs> I love the people who, listen, we really appreciate people getting involved and re- responding to us, but this is a little bit of a hyperbole here. Yeah. I mean, it's- yeah, they didn't call Josh's number very often in the run game this last week, and they haven't for a while. And, and what did he throw this, it 26 times? They threw week? it 26 times. I mean, that's so far below what he usually Yeah. Throws. So He's this thing 40, about abandoning, abandoning the run, listen, they're abandoning the pass is what they did in this game. It's just the opposite of what you think you're feeling. It, they abandoned the passing game. 
and they were running the football all over it. So they only threw. So I get it, but no. Yeah. That's not what's happening. Yeah. And it's not that they don't trust Cook and Singletary to carry the rock. They just know Allen more often than not is their best answer on every single play because he is the MVP because he's a freakazoid. Yeah, he is an MVP and he's the, and it was this way. Anytime you've got a guy playing Josh Allen's position, quarterback, who's the guy like Josh Allen, a la Cam Newton, John Nelway, Cam Newton, um, you name it. uh, Randall Cunningham, Mike Vick. You get a guy that can do something on outside of that. Yeah. That's it's a weapon you got to use because defenses don't see it very often. They got to cope with it. Yeah. And Josh Allen at six five two fifty. Yeah, they got a, the defense. They're going to have a problem with him, so they don't do it all the time. And certainly, there's a lot of times where they don't ask him to, but it ends up being him anyway. So if you got a guy who's an MVP caliber player, it's Looney Tunes not to use his abilities Looney fully. I like it. You got to let him, you got to let him drop back and sling it. And if you need him, let him quarterback sneak it. Yep. We got to take a break here. Steve and I will wrap things up with some final thoughts on the tweet sheet next here on one bills live. Welcome back to one bills live here on a Tuesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you and Steve. We have, kind of danced around the Monday night game coming up here in six days time between the Bills and Bengals. We've called it a gigundo enormous matchup. And it is because the top seed in the AFC conference is on the line. And I wanted to bring this to your attention, courtesy of NFL communications. This game on Monday night, Steve is going to mark just the third in Monday night football history, the 53 years of Monday night football, this is only going to be the third time that two teams are playing each other with 11 or more wins in 1997, San Fran and Denver. That was the Broncos last loss of the season that year en route to a Super Bowl win. And then in 1985 Raiders 11 and four won the league's final regular season game at the Rams also 11 and four. So that's where you're at. Awesome. That's it for us. <laughs> I didn't realize we were out of time. We'll see you tomorrow at 1 with Solomon Wilcott's on the show. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 